What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. I'm John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. I really hope you guys are having a great day so far, and I appreciate everybody watching, interacting, commenting, giving thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. The way things look right now, we are well on our way to making this a full-time gig for me. So, thanks for that, and uh, hopefully that means I'll be able to bring you more stories with less delays. So, we'll see how it goes. Alright, let's get to it. Oh, look at that hair. Ugh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. So what are we supposed to do if there's a fire? My first real IT job was overnights with an MSP. One of our clients was Onions, an agribusiness that would buy onions in bulk and turn them into 10-pound bags of frozen onion soup. We took them as a customer the day they spun off as a legally distinct entity from their parent company. So some growing pains were inevitable, but boy did they push it. We're calling them onions because the more you peeled back the layers, the more you cry. Onions had a web app for clocking in and out, another for changing pay destination, one for supervisors to put in write-ups, and so on. But they were managed by one HR program, the one program to rule them all, or Top TRTA. Top Torta? Top Torta was a web app that did this fun thing where half the page wouldn't load. Imagine fave chat program where there's a side panel with some info, a top bar with some more specific info, and the main page with all the texting. It was like that, but the main panel wouldn't load no matter what you did. First call for Top Torta is broken when something like this. Me, while doing general web troubleshooting. I'm not familiar with this program. Can you tell me what you use it for? HR. Well, right now I need to use it to something incomprehensible. So the last shift gets paid on time. Me, excuse me, you need to do what? HR, basically the first thing the pay clerk has to do is something incomprehensible, which lets the previous shift get paid on time. I can leave this for the next pay clerk and the last shift will still get paid, but it might be delayed by a week. Me, and how many people would be impacted by this? HR, hmm, I'd say about 500 people. I'm pretty sure that's how many people are on that shift at this plant. This client defines a ticket worth escalating as a severe issue, which is helpfully vague enough that after spending an hour with the problem, I decide this is worth waking someone up at 2am over. After an hour of calling any number I could find, hoping against reason that someone, anyone, would pick up the damn phone, leaving two or three dozen voicemails, getting hung up on by the general problems number because, call the HRIT people, then having my call ignored by the general problems number. I ask my boss what to do. She tells me to escalate the ticket, document how many calls I made, call the person back and tell them that it'll get resolved during regular business hours. I quickly fall into a habit of trying anything my permissions would let me on the off chance it would help. Escalating the ticket, making one call, then being done. Most of my coworkers just escalated on contact. Having fully given up on either actually being able to fix the problem or being able to reach one of the thoroughly worthless HRIT people. More on them later. One of the last times I got this call, as I quit shortly after, it went something like this. Me. 
Onions IT, this is me. Can I get a name and number, please? HR being muffled. Hey, I got him. Me. Hmm? HR. Boy, I sure am glad I got through to you. It sure feels great having you at least try. I know Top Torta is a piece of crap, but it really feels good to have you at least trying. I have no idea who this person is, but their opening was probably somehow more fawning. Make a ticket, try my best, give up, apologize, start to escalate the ticket. HR. Hey, my boss did have a question for you, though. What are we supposed to do if there's a fire? That was the exact phrase. It's been years, but his voice asking that question is stuck, nailed, riveted, and glued into my brain. Not angry, not accusing, just concerned. What are we supposed to do if there's a fire? Me. I, I don't understand. What do you mean? HR. So there's about a thousand people working on the assembly line 24-7 at this plant, and more when there are office staff in. If we have to evacuate the building because of a fire or shelter in place because of a tornado, HR is supposed to take our laptops with us. There's so many people on site that the only way we could get an accurate head count is with Top Torta. So what are we supposed to do if there's a fire and no one can get into it? I don't remember what happened next. I think I said I would find out, apologized, and hung up. There was no management on that shift for me, but when the day shift boss showed up, I asked him. Me. Hey, you know Top Torta. Boss. And how it's a huge piece of crap? Yeah, go on. Me. Is there a solution for it being such a huge piece of crap? He made a sound that told me I was just picking at a fresh wound. <laughs> so, what are they supposed to do if there's a fire? After I explained the situation, he looked at his phone, wrote something on a sticky note he left on his desk, wrote something else on a different sticky note, and said something about preparing for a meeting with onions, and excused himself. The following night, I showed to a fresh department-wide email which read in full, Top Torta does not impact production, so do not contact the on-calls regarding any ticket for Top Torta. Don't try fixing it, just escalate. That was it. So what are they supposed to do if there's a fire? Yeah, what are they supposed to do? And is there a substitute program for this Top Torta piece of crap? I mean, I'm a little lost myself. I don't know what any of that is. I'm not even sure if I'm saying the acronym right. You guys like to correct me if I spell it out. Like VOIP versus saying VOIP. Some things I know what they are, some things I don't. Some things some people spell out, some things people don't. I don't know. But anyway, Top Torta sounded good to me, and it was easier to say than all the blah, 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 blah. Don't worry, I work on data centers. I know, that's what worries me. I don't work in IT, and in fact, I don't consider myself particularly tech-savvy, but I have the intuition to be good at searching for the solution to problems and the confidence and experience to actually carry out the solutions. So I regularly find myself playing the role of tech support for friends. This story is about one friend in particular, who it seems like every time he comes to me for a simple problem, it reveals a cascading series of other problems with his computer. For instance, he previously asked me how to change his desktop background, which revealed he didn't have a copy of Windows. <laughs> oh my god. And while I was finding a key for him, he casually mentioned, Hey, do you know why it does this? Referring to his entire screen stuttering and vibrating. Yeah, it's done that ever since I got it, but I just kind of ignored it. Anyway, the most recent thing, during which the title happened, was that he was playing Total War Warhammer 3 and textures were funky, so I asked when the last time he updated his drivers was. How do you do that? Okay, so probably the last time I showed him how to do it, over a year ago. I told him again and AMD software popped up saying that there was an error with a mismatch in software versions and to reinstall it. 
So I walk him through navigating to apps and features to uninstall it so we can reinstall. And lo and behold, AMD software isn't even listed as being installed. So I have him try to install the newest version and it stalls at some random percentage. Looking online, it seems likely that there's broken bits of old installation left over and running DDU to clean it up before installing it is likely to fix it. So we go to run DDU and it recommends doing so in safe mode, which I don't know how to open off the top of my head. So I find the Microsoft support page for it. And we get to the point of clicking to restart in safe mode. And as it's doing so, he says, will this work though? My computer doesn't restart right. <laughs> Every time I try to restart my computer, it just gets stuck on the restarting screen for a long time and then it crashes and I have to turn it back on myself. As he's explaining, this exact thing happens and the computer doesn't boot into safe mode. So I ask why he's never been concerned about that before. And he says, I don't know, I just thought it was inconvenient. And as a joke adds, I work on data centers, OP. It's fine, don't worry. Because he is in fact a civil engineer who works on data centers, and I said, I know you work on data centers. That's what worries me. So I read over the rest of the Microsoft support article, and every strategy for getting into safe mode seemed to involve the computer restarting itself, which it wasn't capable of doing. Thankfully, I thought, surely you can spam an F key during startup or something, right? Which through more Googling, I confirmed was another way to get into safe mode, which the Microsoft support article neglected to mention, and it worked. So we ran DDU, tried to reinstall AMD software, and it didn't work. It still hung at a random different percentage, facepalm. So at that point, I told him that I think he may have to find a computer shop near him or something because I'm reaching the limits of my knowledge. My dad's a programmer, so I asked if he has any other ideas, but that's basically where we're at right now. Oh, and I forgot to mention that during all this, he was complaining about how his computer takes a long time to boot. Ever since you helped me buy those new drivers last year. Hmm? Drivers or drive? Yeah, the hard drive you said I should get. Because the last time he had asked me for advice about buying computer parts, he had complained about long loading times, and I told him that the bottleneck was definitely his hard drive, and getting an SSD would make a huge difference. Come to find out, he did buy an SSD, but he kept Windows on the hard drive and just transferred Steam to the SSD. Even though I distinctly remember telling him that if he wanted his computer to boot as fast as mine, holy crap OP, your computer's done restarting already? He would need to install Windows on the SSD. This is my first time posting here, so I hope I haven't broken any rules. My dumbass somehow missed rule number four, and my first time trying to post, I included a reaction image. We still haven't found a solution, but I'm not really looking for a solution here. I just thought it was a funny story that you all might enjoy. So I hope I'm not breaking rule number three. Well, OP, as far as I know, I don't think you broke any of their rules. And what you said in the beginning about not being in tech, but being smart enough to know where to find answers and research and being tenacious about it, uh, you kind of described me. I can't just look at a problem most of the time and figure it out without at least researching a little bit on Google. Thank God for Google. Anyway. Why is it everybody has to yell when I start recording? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things I try to teach my kids. You're not going to know everything off the top of your head. You will have a specialized field that you work in. My wheelhouse is carpentry and a few other things. And I have some general knowledge, but I don't know everything. So the key there is being able to admit that you don't know. And how do you research? How do you find the answer? Who do you talk to? Where do you look it up? And bulldogging it until you have the answer you need. Still isn't going to help you with every situation, but I don't have to bother a ton of text because I can work my way through it. And through doing that, I gain experience. So, eh. It doesn't work. 
I worked second level support for a software product my company installed on physicians offices to make our services easier to access. This was in the early 90s, so computer equipment was expensive and had to be protected from older wiring in the physician's offices that routinely fried our equipment. To protect this very expensive equipment, our installations included a surge suppressor that had a circuit breaker that had to be manually reset to restore power. We got a call from the physician himself instead of the staff, which was unusual, but not unheard of. They were having a problem getting the computer to work and wanted help. No problem. Glad to help. I had to give very detailed instructions on where to find the power buttons and switches, which were confirmed every step of the way. When nothing powered on, we tried to get the physician to locate the surge suppressor to reset the circuit breaker. They followed the power cord from the monitor under the desk, and then asked me to hold for a moment and set the phone down. I heard rummaging around for a minute, and then they returned. I asked what they were doing, and they said they were getting a flashlight to see under the desk. Oh, God. They added, it's dark in here, we've had a power failure click that is way too common and i don't understand how people can't figure out that if you have a power failure your electronics aren't going to work i will say this there's been a couple times in the past and only a couple one of which i was drinking and one in which i wasn't where the power went out and about an hour in somehow i got into my brain i was going to watch television so i grabbed the remote and tried to turn the tv on although it only took me two seconds to remember oh yeah dumbass there's no power so yeah there's that my grandson is very unhappy. I don't know if you can hear that. Mouse problem. My first IT job was on a help desk for a national media monitoring company. It was actually interesting work. We were brewing our own OCR software when OCR was in its infancy. This call wasn't about that, though. A user from the Canberra office called to ask us to help her with a mouse problem they were having. What sort of mouse problem, I ask? Well, she responds, there are mice in the office. The boss asked me to call IT. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, why did she ask you to call us? Don't know. I told her we had a mouse problem. She said call IT. Maybe tell her it's actual mice, like rodents, not an IT thing. Sure, sorry to bother you. Got a call from her boss a while later apologizing. She'd heard mouse problem, thought it was about hardware. We laughed. I had a good story. Not sure who sorted the mouse problem. So you may notice the position of my camera is slightly different. I got up to go get somebody to console that child so that I could get through this recording and tripped over a cord which rearranged everything on my desk. Uh, good thing the monitors are bolted down though. Oh well. So yeah, I could see exactly where that story was going. I, we have a mouse problem. Call IT. Yeah, you gotta be specific. It's like talking to children. When you communicate back and forth... Even though you're not children, and I, I understand sort of having a mix-up, but, uh, yeah. As soon as the person who was told to call IT heard that, they should have known to explain better, but, meh, what do I know? The Picky Ethernet Cable In the early 2000s, I worked at a small publishing business that used a lot of Macs. Mac OS 9 was still dominant, with OS X a scary and mostly incompatible threat on the horizon. One day I was called to swap the positions of two users' workstations, a completely routine bit of office rearranging. So began an unexpected and bewildering journey. After swapping the client Macs around, one of them was fine, but the newer model client Mac could only see one of our two file servers on the Apple Talk over Ethernet server discovery protocol. The other had vanished. We had two servers, their Greek names Hera and Zeus, preceding my tenure at the company. At the time, I think Hera was an older Mac desktop used as an Apple Talk file server. 
Zeus was a somewhat newer WinNT4 box using NT's Apple Talk over TCIP support to share files with our Mac OS 9 client machines. Hera was only used to control an elderly Panther laser image setter, so file server performance didn't matter much. Much swapping of patch cables, port jiggling, etc. yielded no improvement. I moved the machines back and they both worked fine. I swapped them over again and used long patch leads to use their original Ethernet wall ports and both still worked fine. Swapped them to use the port closer to their new location and the new model Mac would misbehave again. Both wall ports were connected to the same 100 base TX switch. I think it was a switch, it might have been a hub. Actually, we were pretty primitive there. In either case, swapping their patch leads at the switch end had no effect on the situation. I eventually gave up and left them with their over-length Ethernet cables patched to each other's wall ports, so it remained, despite occasional user complaints about the long cables. Sometime later, the contract cable tech came out to run some new Ethernet for some new wall ports. At the time, I was a green admin who didn't know how to do that. There's no way I would have gone into that crawl space even if I had been competent to run the wiring. The rats down there were the size of cats. Also, the cable guy once got shocked by some live wires laying exposed in the dust near the dusty mummified corpse of an electrified rat. <laughs> I'd once encountered a massive rat under a veranda, and I wasn't keen to repeat the experience in even tighter confines. He was down there long enough that I was contemplating asking for volunteers for a search party. He eventually emerged alive into the light. As he brushed the dust, spiderwebs, and fur off his coveralls, he reported that he'd found and fixed a rat-munched Cat5e cable while he was down there. When he punched a new cable in, I saw it was port 11. That port. Sure enough, I swapped the patch leads over and the newer Mac could now see the server just fine. At this point, it's important to know that the newer Mac had 100 base TX Ethernet. The older one had 10 base T. Both of them only used two of the four pairs in the Cat5e cable, so it shouldn't have mattered, but it did. When connected via the munched cable, the newer client machine with the 100 base TX machine could only communicate with the older server, Hera, that used native Apple Talk. It was unable to exchange traffic with the 100 base TX NT4 server, Zeus reliably enough, to complete Apple Talk over TCP IP discovery or establish a working session. That Ethernet cable only liked Apple Talk. I hope I remembered this right. It was over 20 years ago and the details have faded. It might have been the other way around with the servers, where Apple Talk over TCIP worked, but native Apple Talk didn't. I don't remember if Hera had 100 base TX or 10 base T. Bonus story. The same place once had an Ethernet port that killed Ethernet hardware. Plug a machine in and the machine's Ethernet port would never work again. It took more victims than it should have before the culprit was identified. Remember that mummified rat? Well, the Sparky came out and descended into Hades. He reported that a somewhat fresher rat was shorting a loose live wire across to the Ethernet cable it had been snacking on. It must have closed the circuit when it bit into the conductor. Semi-dried rat is not a great conductor, but apparently sufficient to fry Ethernet hardware that isn't expecting 240 volts straight to the nipples. <laughs> Remarkably, the switch was unscathed other than a single fried port. Server names have not been changed, though nothing else in here is identifying. If you recognize the workplace, I'm sorry for the pain we shared. Wow, what a mouthful some of that was. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Got nothing much to comment on about it, the uh, Ethernet ports and different types of TCP IP and whatever. But I will say that I've been in a lot of buildings where rats are evidently a big problem. When I was a kid, I always used to think it was just urban legends that, you know, rats got as big as cats. Uh, until I started working in cities. When I came out of the service, one of the first jobs I had swinging a hammer was we were rebuilding a... Um, nightclub over in Philadelphia. 
along the riverfront and uh, every evening the rats would start coming out around the dumpsters out back because there was still a couple functional nightclubs on either side of us. So we'd get there really early in the morning and I'm talking like 4, 4.30 and uh, we'd, we'd find a coffee truck up the street where we could get a snack and some coffee and uh, we'd bring our 22s out, our 22 rifles and uh, we'd have fun taking care of the rats for the nightclub owners. They appreciated it and uh, nobody ever bothered us so... It didn't, however, make a dent in the population, and uh, it really was just kind of futile, but meh, those were the days. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.